1: Just how good are the Warriors? What can the Cavs do to get back in this series? Is there any answer for Kevin freaking Durant? The only question left is, say it with me, you win... Sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the live post-game show slash podcast of Game 1 of the NBA Finals. And I'm joined, as always, by Coach Dave Dufour. And uh, pretty exciting stuff, I think. I mean, we finally got a game, at least, Dave, to watch and, and something, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it was
0: nice. I don't know. It was watching a game like going and watching a kindergarten game. I mean, yeah, it's basketball, but it wasn't much of a contest. Um, the Warriors led at halftime, and they probably, you know, what? It was eight-point lead at halftime. They probably should have been up by, like, 20 at the half.
1: At least. At least. So I think somebody tweeted it out to us because I had asked you, like, what your count was for missed layups in the first half, and it was I, – I was definitely thinking double digits. And someone said I think it was, like, 11 or 9 or 11 or something like that. So just pretend they make, like, half of those, right? Yeah. And, so, well, not to
0: mention, look at the open threes that they were missing. They were 3 of 12 from 3 at the half, and a lot of those were wide-open looks.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think the game breakdown that I would end up doing uh, for tomorrow, or maybe as soon as I can, is would be uh, examining the type of shots that the defense gave up. And this is what we have been saying and banging that drum for months, right? Like, since, since February, I feel like we've been talking about the defense of the Cavaliers and how bad no. it was. No, no, no. Nick, no. What? They were going to flip the switch. Oh, right. But they're
0: waiting. They're still waiting to flip the switch. They're going to flip the switch sometime in August. Okay. I- I'm assuming. Um, they're going to solve their transition defense issues. And uh, and then we'll get a series next year, maybe.
1: Okay. I mean, th- that sounds good to me. I mean, listen, we- Well, we- here's what's frustrating, because, you know, there was an argument for that. And it kept looking like, well, maybe they did flip the switch, but... We kept saying that it was more about, like, who they were playing. And that's a hard argument to have because, you know, well, missed layoffs sometimes are caused by, like, the defense making you go too fast or intimidating, whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, but just look at these shots that they're missing. It just was like, they were just bad. Like, the Celtics were bad. They were a bad offensive team in that finals, the conference finals.
0: But, but I thought, didn't Ty Luce say that they were harder to guard than the Warriors? Oh, no. Weird. Did he say that? So I, I, I feel like
1: that was a fever dream.
0: Yeah, look, man, the Warriors are who we thought they were. Even when they look bad, they still look dominant. Right. And unfortunately, that's that's really the story of the series: is that the Warriors are at a next level of basketball. The Cavs, it, you know, with the defense that they play, which is at times lackadaisical at best, yeah, it's just not going to work. And then tonight, their offense failed them because there was no movement. And you know what? The Warriors are also really great at. Defense. So, you know, if you're not moving and, and you know, they're, they're able to sit on those passes, those LeBron passes where, where he drives to the hoop and he hits the man in the corner. Well, they were sitting on those passes all night and they were creating all these turnovers. And LeBron had eight turnovers tonight. When was the last time he had that many turnovers in a playoff game?
1: Well, it's, you know what? It's almost not even the turnovers themselves. I mean, it was the quality of turnover. It was the kind of turnovers, like just losing the ball, uh, you know, on the drive. And then, you know, I, I, I think I caught him. Did you see that when, when they're going to halftime, and I put it on Twitter, uh, it kind of looked like he was demanding a new ball. Did you see that?
0: I did see that. Yeah, it looked like he was having, he said he was having trouble gripping the ball. Um, okay,
1: so that's what you I saw.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't, they I mean, they kind of have. Any
1: trouble getting the ball?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Nobody else. I mean, the Warriors only turned the ball over once in the first half. So I'm sure if the ball was slippery, they would have maybe had some issues too, but.
1: Yeah, let's not be snarky, because, you know, we don't like snark, but uh, it's it's kind of hard to have to have dealt with a lot of the Cleveland fans who wanted to have the conversation with us about what they were moving towards, and then, you know, watch that. That was not good, and that was not a good showing by the Cavs, either, because uh, what you said about the defense as being lackadaisical, uh, I, I'd also say it's sort of disorganized is another word for it, and, that, and those are two really bad things to mix together on a, on a team defense, and... What we have been saying, I think I think ultimately what we're saying is that they also don't have anybody to guard uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, no no, way. nobody in that roster.
0: No, I, I, Kevin Durant made LeBron James look like a normal player. Yeah. and And that's hard to do because LeBron, while maybe he doesn't bring full effort on defense, he's still LeBron James. And he's still able to make up for the mistakes. That he makes by being a supreme athlete. Well, unfortunately, Kevin Durant is a seven-foot-tall alien sent here to destroy the planet with a basketball in his hand. And so, uh, I mean, the the one play that sticks out to me was the kind of broken uh, sideline out of bounds where where Steph throws the weird, like it almost looked like the ball got tipped, but it didn't. He just threw a bad pass, and it made its way to Durant, and Durant just completely, just just completely shook and lost. Uh, LeBron James and then Steph Curry uh, in the third quarter did the nice inside out dribble to do a similar thing to LeBron and he just looked like he was out of it. I'm not going to say he looks tired. The whole team looked tired. Now LeBron may be tired but that that entire team looked tired and and LeBron just looked a little overmatched trying to defend uh, against Kevin Durant and I think by the time he gets embarrassed on that one play by Steph I think he's just done. I mean, it, it was. Like, I think it was a 15-point game at that point. So, yeah, I, I just don't know what to unpack from this. I don't know if this is an aberration or if this is going to be the series we get. This is the series I've been expecting, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what we're going to get. So,
1: I don't know. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, it's a good question. And I think the, the biggest thing I, I felt watching this was how slow the Cavaliers were. I mean, they want to slow it down, but they really can't when they, when they missed shots like that and the and the uh, and the, uh, the Warriors can come back down. And even in, at half-speed transition was too much for them where they couldn't suddenly pick up and had mismatches where they couldn't cover those, those things. And that's interesting because I had said that in my video today. If you didn't see it, you can still watch it. It's very appropriate. I had said the one thing that was interesting thing about how Durant, if he doesn't guard LeBron, because they still have three other guys that can legitimately guard LeBron, then that means that a guy like Kevin Love is going to have to pick up Durant when they come down if they don't score. And we saw that happen uh, a couple times, and that's just a nightmare, and almost makes Kevin Love unplayable. Even though he had, you know, he was still trying to show his ability to, you know, influence the game down low and be physical and rough. Um, it's way too fast for him, and I don't know what Tyron Lue is going to do uh, to slow it down. And the other thing was that the referee. This is a lot of ideas coming out at once. And apologize, but uh, the referees kind of let them let uh called some of those off-ball screens a little bit they were kind of not letting it be as physical as they probably would want it to be and that's a definitely a good sign for the Warriors yeah yeah the
0: one but the other thing is you know I thought that the Warriors maybe didn't complain enough about the lack of calls they were getting inside you know Steph Curry was fouled on almost every drive to the basket and didn't get a single call um how many did he shoot free throws tonight let's see Steph Zero for zero from the free throw line, right. despite taking twenty two shots.
1: Yeah, and without, is... and without question, yeah. And then people want me to do a big video on that. And I saw someone in April did one. I guess I missed it on on YouTube uh, about the, how he didn't get called. I mean, Shumpert kind of like gave him a shot in his midsection on that jumper that he airballed, yeah. and like went down. I mean, it was like how do you, that was weird. Like how do you not see that? Well, I mean, and then
0: the the Tristan Thompson coming over to the top to try to block a layup. And and really and got him with his full body and Steph uh, he makes it but
1: oh well and Kyrie got him too on a they had a baseline angle that where like he kind of looked like it was like clean but then like ended up being draped across his arm. So you would think that, yeah, he would have gotten one of them. But, again, I see a, a comment there where the Cavs got fouled, too. I mean, they were kind of letting him play. And that's, I, you know, sometimes in pickup, it's like you, you go in there strong and you don't call a foul You don't you know, when you're calling your own fouls because you know you get the ball and you put it right back in. Everyone kind of gives up for a second. And I felt like the Warriors did a decent job of that, even though um, a couple times they did that and they still missed the bunny after they that. They were
0: missing the bunny, yeah.
1: And when I start talking about bunnies, it gets me a little hungry. Okay, that's crazy, or is it? But it does remind me of our friends over at Blue Apron, who are as good at food and recipe delivery as the Warriors were at beating the Cavs tonight. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And for under $10 per person, you get all the food perfectly measured out and easy to follow directions that turn into some of the best meals your kitchen will produce. If you visit blueapron.com slash coachnick, You will get three free meals, including free shipping. And I'm sure you'll keep coming back for more, like beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice. That one was like Avery Bradley's game winner from Game 3, good to the last bite. So visit our friends over at blueapron.com slash coachnick and put yourself on the path towards fresh, high-quality eating in the comfort of your own home.
0: I mean, they they were something like 13 out of 27 in the first half, like at the basket. It, it was not it was not good. Now, for for the Warriors, that's great that they were that that bad and still led by eight. For for the uh, for the Cavs, that's terrible. You know, right. when they shoot as bad as they do in the first half, I mean, I I just I don't know, man. I don't see and this is the same thing I've been saying for months. I just don't see a path to the Cavs beating the Warriors. I don't. I don't think they have it.
1: Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about that because I'm kind of curious. Let, let, let's pretend we're Tyronn Lue. We're in that locker room. We're going through the footage. We have to come up with something, some sort of a game plan. Uh, you know, what's the first thing that you're going to look at to try and figure out how to get in the series?
0: Well, I mean, you got to. How do you guard Durant? You know, how do you how do you take Durant and get him out of the the groove that he was in tonight? Because I mean, he was freaking ridiculous. Um, he he wound up with uh, 38 points in 38 minutes. To me, the killer was that he had eight assists. He was creating so much, and and you know, a lot of his those wide open dunks that he was getting in transition created by by Steph's gravity. Mm-hmm. You know, they were running out on the shooters, and then by taking it to the basket when they finally did come over, well now Steph is wide open. Or Clay is wide open. It's a nice pick-your-poison sort of scenario. And Durant really showed what you and I have talked about this whole playoffs. His ability to facilitate has been this new kind of skill that he's unlocked this season. And we talked about it a lot out of the post where when he would feel the double, he was able to find the open shooter. But now he's finding open shooters in transition. He's finding them off rebounds. He's, he's finding them in in every scenario. And almost to a point where um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I felt like he was being a little too unselfish. You know, you yeah. wanted him to keep attacking because that's, you know, his best skill is, is scoring the basketball. But uh, still, like, if he's going to have eight assists a night, there, there is no way that the Cavs are winning a game.
1: Right. And, and that's the thing that we saw, that when, when the offense did get bogged down a little bit, they could just give it to him, and he could attack. And that was, you know, they had that great shot of him carrying like three times in a row, getting down to the lane, and you know, whatever. I, mean, I had said in the Isaiah thing, once the elbow gets even with the wrist, that's when the ball, the hand goes under the ball. It didn't quite get to that angle, but you know, it was, it was a carry. dribble without question. Yeah. But the bottom line was, uh, independent of that, like, that's what they have. They can give it to him on the top and just let him do his thing and get shots. I mean, and he had some stuff out of the pick and roll that was beautiful, too, to stop and pops that, uh, you know, at seven feet tall, it's unstoppable. So, you know, the funny thing was the the goal of this segment was going to be to talk about what the Cavaliers were supposed to be able to do to get back in the series, and we're now back on how great Kevin Durant is. So... um, I think, I think the key that the Warriors have been afraid about the whole time was Kyrie Irving. I think they knew, like, when the, when the Warriors won, LeBron had a, about as good a series as he did last year, right? Like, kind of, just about that good, maybe a little less efficient. So what was the difference last year when they won? Kyrie Irving was the difference. LeBron needs yeah. Kyrie Irving to do that. And by the way, I went through some of the Game 7 stuff from last, last year. I have forgotten how, how ridiculous Kyrie Irving was in Game 7, right? He was, yeah, he was insane. And so they need that from him every game to compete in these games. But uh, if you notice what they did with Kyrie, they were looking – they weren't going to double LeBron. They are like, hey, you can go ahead and do what you like. But they were doubling Kyrie often, early and often, to get it out of his hands. And that really stymied them.
0: Well, and he had some incredible finishes. I mean, you know, you actually – you tweeted a, a video and it was like this isn't something you can learn how to do. Right. This is just like, – his talent to finish is kind of innate. He was born with that, whatever that thing is. And, I mean, he had 24 points tonight. Basically, you know, Kyrie and LeBron came to play, and and they got no help. Kevin Love had 21 rebounds, but they feel kind of empty. He, and, he didn't,
1: yeah, he felt kind of ineffectual.
0: Yeah, and so I think that that's the thing, is that they need to get production from, from Kevin Love. Uh, Tristan Thompson was, you know, he only played 20 minutes or 22 minutes tonight. Um, J.R. Smith took four shots, had three points. Uh, for the Cavs, this is just—you're not going to beat the Warriors with just two guys. Like you need a full uh, sampling of your of your whole team. You need everyone to kind of come to play, and you you need J.R. Smith to give you ten points. You need Kevin Love to give you twenty. Like I'd like to see eighty combined points out of Kyrie and LeBron and Kevin Love. You need Tristan Thompson to be in that fifteen to twenty rebounds a game, and and, and that's your that's your path to success. What they did tonight was obviously not that.
1: Bingo, uh, Tristan Thompson. Now he was zero for three, didn't score, uh, and had four rebounds, and had uh, he only had two fouls, so I felt like they were calling some over the back fouls on. Him. Maybe the two that I that was on my mind are the two they called. Uh, but that was key. It kind of took some aggressiveness out of him, um, and because he oftentimes gets away with those calls. So it, it was physical, and they weren't calling some things. But that was like one instance where I felt like that took away some of Thompson's aggressiveness uh, in those 22 minutes. Uh, he didn't have a block shot either. So uh, yeah, they need they need like some sort of double double thing from him. I would imagine uh, to get th- into these games. Um, And, but again, it's the speed, right? I feel like it's, it's too fast for them. And so the only hope they have is to slow it down. And I would only imagine that the only hope to do that would be like maybe in Cleveland for whatever reason, because they'll get some foul calls there and, you know, they could probably control it easier uh, at home. But I don't know, man. I mean, if they're down two nothing going into Cleveland, it doesn't seem like it's a a good, a good recipe for them.
0: Yeah. Again, I mean, I I would love for this to be a seven game series. I just don't see the path to the Cavs doing more than winning a game. And, you know, I, like I've been predicting sweep and you and I've talked about this quite a bit. I think a five game series is, is the most likely. I think the sweep is, is definitely on the table. I don't think a six or seven game series is, is going to happen? And tonight just kind of highlighted all those examples, um, but if I'm the Cavs, I'm coming out when, – when's the next game? It's Sunday, right? We've yeah. got a couple nights off, yeah. So Sunday night, I'm coming out, and I'm I'm trying to just get love going early. I'm trying to get Tristan Thompson – trying to get him some lobs. Trying to get – trying just trying to get some energy going. Trying to get J.R. Smith going. Um, I thought J.R. Smith's defense tonight in the first half was actually pretty decent. He was, he was really active, and he did a good job on Curry. Not that – you know – he didn't stop Curry, but he was doing a pretty good job on Curry. Yeah. And so what you need is you need to to get him involved on the offensive end. And I mean they're just not get they're not going to get anything out of their bench. They got 9 points from Richard Jefferson mostly in garbage time. Yeah. 5 from Shumpert and 6 from uh from Jones. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's tough, man. The, the Warriors are a juggernaut. Like the Warriors are supposed to do what they did tonight, which is why I was like the sweep is sort of a boring pick. Like this is what we expect them to do.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think it's the defense. I think it's the the what the Warriors how for however great they are offensively, they could just dismantle you on defense, and we saw that all throughout the playoffs. And you know, granted, some of these teams like Portland has a lot of flaws or some issues, but. Uh, man, when they turn that up and they have Draymond out there and they have Kevin Durant out there and they have Klay Thompson out there, it's like there's nowhere you can attack. And they cover everything so beautifully with the rotations that it's like, now i got to figure out what should I do with this breakdown for the game? Should I focus on their defense? Or should I would focus online?
0: on Draymond Green. I, I think oh, yeah? Draymond Green was just amazing tonight. And, you know, that guy, I, Draymond Green may be one of the five best defenders I've ever seen. He wow. is he's just affects the defense in so many different ways. Between quarterbacking, I mean he's calling switches, you know, two two rotations ahead. Yeah. He's uh he's protecting the rim. He's coming from the weak side. He's I mean he's just doing so much and I think that you could do a really nice breakdown of the job he did in the game tonight because he was he was the key to their defense tonight. I mean well, as you
1: yeah, and what he also was doing uh, was calling out for the offense. He would recognize as soon as like Love was on KD, he is directing and making sure that KD gets the ball. Or if Richard Jefferson was on him, and like anytime it wasn't even LeBron, and or they had a mismatch, he was out there trying to quarterback the offense as well. Because you know his, his numbers are not that impressive at all in the box score uh, as far as the scoring the ball. And, and But, but then, then again, that's how great he was. He had a steal where he came across the court on, on a uh, – I think LeBron tried to throw a lob onto a mismatch down low on the left block. Yeah. Just came across, probably covered about 25 feet, and just took it out of the air. Um, you know, not, hardly any there, – there's hardly any players in the league that can make that play. Uh, but, and, you know right the funny before, thing was yeah.
0: – He sniffed that lob out before LeBron was even thinking about throwing it. Yeah. and he actually called a switch to get into position to go and make that that's what that's the kind of plays I'm talking about and and he just the guy reads the reads the game so well like as as great as LeBron is at, at reading the offensive end I think I think that draymond is is at that level in the defensive end.
1: Right. And and he's so key. So it's kind of like when you see it when he missed the game last year, like that's how important it is. And, you know, when he's not there, it unlocked a lot of things for the Cavaliers that like they couldn't quite fix in game six and seven last year. So uh, the the question, you know, here is, is that, you know, will Cleveland resort to having to, you know, get to some extracurriculars that might affect some people's playing time or not. It's what they did last year, right? I mean, they kind of, It's what happened. So, I mean, I wonder if that's going to happen again. Or, I mean, it kind of felt dejected by on their part where, like, they they might feel like, and by the way, remember last year when they were down even 3-1, you know, Clay wasn't playing well, Curry wasn't playing great, like, they were playing okay. So they probably had some sense, okay, this is, we might have something here, but, you know, I think at this point, uh, you know, if we have another game like this, it, it definitely felt futile Uh, By the end there um, for the Cavaliers,
0: yeah. You know, and another missed opportunity for the Cavs. I think in those early Zaza minutes, they did not go at him enough. No, I think that they should have been putting him in the pick and roll a lot more. They they clearly were were targeting Steph, and the Warriors they stopped switching. I don't know if you noticed that, and and it worked to their advantage. And I think that they've got to the Cavs have to do a better job of forcing the switch. And and attacking Zaza when he's out there for the 12 minutes or whatever he's going to play tonight. Tonight he played 14 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, here's so. – it's kind of funny because let's talk about the minutiae a little bit of the pick and roll and what they like to do because uh, the Cavaliers generally – it's not a lot of movement. They just call out the guy and they bring him over to screen and force a switch, right? And yet – so like last year you kind of want to pull your hair out and say like why didn't they do what they're doing now, which is – Steph is hedging, and we had a great article written by Eric uh, Africa on our website for this showing that uh, Steph Curry would hedge high and, like, push LeBron out a little farther, and then LeBron's man, you know, Kevin Durant, would go under the screen. And he's right there. Steph can sprint back to his man. It did not hurt them at all. It stymied the Cavaliers as if they had no idea what to do against that. And so that... in the nutshell, was all I needed to do, right? Now there's, That's no, it. there's no attacking of the mismatch, Steph isn't stuck. Um, now let's okay, let's put on our hats, the Lou hats, and figure out okay. Well, at that point, if they're going to high hedge, and by the way, the Warriors better just do it every time until they figure out a way to do this. I suppose that Spain pick and roll we talked about could be something they could put in where you want to screen. Um, well, geez, I guess you're going to have to screen. Uh, screen Durant, the screeners, you man. To, you have to screen Curry, um, right? You know, But if Curry's going to hedge out high and he's quick, that's a tough one. It's not like a big man who's dropping that they're going to back screen. So um, any other ideas you'd do for that? Uh,
0: I mean, maybe some secondary action. I mean, that would help instead of just guys standing standing in the corner with their feet planted. That, that was a big – to me, that was the bigger issue because LeBron was still getting drives and, and then – when he would go to throw the pass, Clay Thompson would be sitting there or Durant would be sitting there. And and you know, the Warriors have really long arms and and they're pretty smart, so they were sniffing these passes out really easily. And this is part of the reason why they had so many turnovers. And so, I just think you need some secondary action or maybe don't run pick and roll or isolation every single time. Why don't right. you run, you know, run some flex, even some floppy. Yeah. It's not the worst yeah. thing.
1: No, and they, and they were running a little bit high horns, but they weren't doing like their horns, um, uh, what we call that with the back screen? And elbow, they ran, elbow rub. Elbow rub or elbow get or any of those things. They had no cleverness to their offense, and got, let me tell you, they're going to need it. They can't just rely on their good looks like they did against all these other Eastern Conference teams, um, which is sort of why when we're, we were always talking about this, we sensed that this was not going to cut it against the, a Warriors defense Um, and, and here we are, uh, and again, it's only one game and who knows what's going to happen. And, but by the way, do you get the sense that the Warriors could have played better tonight?
0: I do. I really do. (laughs) I mean, you know, so they, they wound up 12 of 33. So they, they wound up shooting 36% from deep. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. But I I felt like if a lot some of those open looks, I mean, Clay Thompson's three of 16, all of five from deep. Uh, that's not that can't that can't happen for the next three games i just uh, i refuse to believe that clay thompson has just lost the ability to shoot um draymond was one of five tonight he missed a few open looks he took a couple that were end of shot clock tougher yeah. shots um you know and then for the Cavs, it just seemed like i don't know Schumpert was out there for a while and and lebron was on the court with him And and Shumpert was like dribbling the ball 15 times and then taking shots. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to get it done. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Warriors have have a next level of execution based on tonight's game. And I just don't think the Cavs do. I mean, again, this doesn't mean the Cavs are a garbage basketball team. It just means that the Warriors are really that much better, which we already all knew. This is not news to anyone. It's not a hot take. You know, it it just this is just the reality, and it's what people have been complaining about all year. I mean, this is a team that won sixty-seven games without even really trying. I mean, KD missed twenty games or something like that. So,
1: yeah, Um, I I think the biggest issue that we also see is, uh, I mean, the bottom line is it's it's the transition defense is ultimately going to be the thing that's going to doom them throughout the whole series. And there were moments though that how, when the Warriors got disgustingly sloppy, and they had a perfect chance to get right back in that game, and they did for a second there, right? But all the warts came right are still there. They're not. They can't hide those. And that's the one thing I was watching for because if the Cavaliers could have could have grounded out a little bit there and kept it under ten for the when they, they got it down to quarter, twelve, yeah. Uh, then, then then this would have been a different conversation after the game because now I would have been like, OK, they, they look like they can finally they can take advantage of some really boneheaded plays by the Warriors. But when you consistently defend like the Cavaliers are doing, um, you're going to simply fall back uh, by double digits, you know, by the, you know, before the, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter. So. Let's get to some of our your questions out there on Periscope or on Twitter. We can kind of try and mine both. Um, and we'll, we'll, let's answer some. What do you say? Dave, do you see yeah, any good questions so far?
0: Let's do it. I haven't seen any good questions so far. So Okay. Let's, let's I see, see. that
1: um, we had a comment. Uh, you know, it, it just disappeared. I, can, I couldn't go at it. But anyway, yeah, let's see here. Um, Kawhi can actually guard and score on Durant. Uh, okay, so that would have been different if it was the Spurs and the Kawhi playing. Uh, that's, that's possible. Um what else do we have here? Feels like feels
0: like the chat has kind of gone into the weeds. Uh how do you stop KD? Um you know First of all, you need an individual defender that can hang with him and then you've got to bring help. And and unfortunately the Cavs I just don't think they have anyone. Um I would maybe I would consider starting JR on him in the next game instead of LeBron like they did tonight because I think LeBron got a little bit exposed defensively tonight. And, and maybe you give LeBron the easier assignment, put him on KD. Now, with, with – or not KD, Clay Thompson. Now, with Klay Thompson, he's going to be running around a lot. And so, you know, you've got some concerns about fatigue there with LeBron. But I, I think that I would, I would give someone else a shot. Or, you know, maybe LeBron – I don't know. Maybe he steps it up in the next game. I don't yeah.
1: know. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I saw LeBron picking up Steph. Uh, a couple times in the second half, uh, and just to give him a rest or something, which is crazy because then he's chasing him around. Um, so it's a problem because, you know, LeBron isn't young anymore. And so he can't chase those guys around. Uh, and they don't have a Harrison Barnes, really. I mean, you know what they could do is put him on Zaza. Yeah. You know? But then
0: but then you've got to put Tristan, Tristan. Thompson or someone on on KD.
1: Well, I, I think why? they're
0: going to have to. Why can't Tristan Thompson be on Draymond? Then Kevin Love? oh (laughs) right so that's i think they're gonna have to adjust their starting lineup i think that's that's kind of where we're getting to yes
1: um
0: i I do have another question from uh uh someone um the 90 million dollar man clay thompson oh wait tristan thompson i'm assuming had zero points and four rebounds would you start someone else in game two um i'll let you answer that one would you start someone besides tristan thompson in game two
1: uh, I mean, do you try and go – well, because you need defense. That's the problem. You need to have the rim protection. You need to have the defense. By Is that a sponsored drink you just took? No. Oh, well, let's we'll make that happen. Um, that, that's the problem. Is like if you don't put Tristan Thompson, you, you go like, what, Channing Fry or whatever and try and go that route? Um, that's a you know, disaster. You know, you could try and go small and like go them into throwing it to uh, Zaza. That would be a win for them, but um, – you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the other guys, who like Derek Williams, can he do anything out there? He hasn't played in, in how many games now? Couldn't even get in, right? I don't think Derek Williams got in against the Celtics in some of those games.
0: No, he didn't. Yeah.
1: You know, so it's like, geez, I, I don't know. I think you've got you to take the, you got to dance with the date you brought. Yeah. I got a good question for you. Are you ready? Okay. Colts I fan Ryan it. asks, is the horrible defense by Cavs a coaching or personnel issue? Uh, now, I'll I'll let you grab this one first. What do you think? Well, it's hard to tell because I don't know. I have no
0: idea what they're trying to do on defense. So we could we could say it's both, right? It's sort of like if you if your if your offense goes back to isolation all the time, right? If the coach isn't calling play, if he's calling plays and you're not running them, it's both. It's yeah. your fault on the court, and it's the coach's fault for not getting them to do it. But they've looked unprepared. Their rotations have looked bad the entire season and all playoffs. And, you know, we were under this assumption that some magical switch was going to be flipped. And, unfortunately, the problems that they had weren't necessarily effort-based. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were poor rotations, poor scheme. Um, and then they, they didn't have any consistency. They would They would go – they would change what they were doing from one uh, one possession to the next, much less one team to the next. I mean, they they would they would spend uh, three possessions in a row trapping a small ball handler, which is smart, and then not do it again for 15 minutes. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you have to start with the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can do a montage of uh, clips at the after the, the the Warriors score and just looking at the the Cavaliers going. You know, and like hands up, pointing out, looking at other people. And, and it's not even like they're you're being a bad teammate and angry. It looked like they were just mystified and didn't know what they were supposed to do on those. And when you don't have, it's like with Thibodeau, it's, you know, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. It's, it's very simple when you play his defense to deny middle, force sideline, don't let him use the screen if you don't have to, uh, drop the big man back. I mean, it's very um, consistent, you know, uh, expectations. And I think here, uh, I, I don't think they have that. And I mean, I'm trying to think of who's who the bench coaches are. So besides Tyron Lewis, what Larry Drew, right? Yeah. Who um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, he's never grabbed me as a guy who has that level of, you know, a, a, a profound understanding of defense. Um, right. And the other guys, I don't even know. Oh, I know. Uh, who's the other guy um, who's been around? Boylan?
0: Yeah, it, it, I think it's Boylan.
1: You know, and, you know, he, he should know. But then again, it's like, you know, this this kind of bleeds into that question of LeBron and, you know, who is coaching and who gets to lead that stuff and what how much can they do uh, when you're coaching a team like that. And so as it is now, it's it's not good. And they should be better. I think can we agree on that. Their defense should be uh, three notches better just by, you know, virtue of, of working on these things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it should definitely be better. But, but also the Warriors are just built to take advantage of teams that are slower than them and, you know, and, and the Cavs just are, and, and I don't know. I mean, I think the Warriors are just tough matchup, a tough matchup for any team, but particularly a bad defensive team.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm smelling a, an interesting million view video potentially where Aiden Alba asks at the beg at the beginning of the year, he asked if the Warriors could beat the 95, 96 bulls. Was I right? Was he right? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. I, I, I feel like they would, they could. I think they could, too. I hate to say it because I was at all those games, and I, you know, that, was, that was when I was a fan of the Bulls. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know, right? I mean, they play like the Bulls. Uh, as far as offensively, they, they move the ball and they share it, and they're also defensively just locked down. Uh, you know, it would be interesting, right? Clay versus MJ on, you know, would be an interesting matchup. Uh, you know, Steph versus, like, I guess Ron Harper. That wouldn't work so well, I don't think, for Ron Harper. But, um, you know, Zaza and, and Luke Longley, that would be fun. <laughs> I think I mean the Pippen Durant stuff would be, would oh, be pretty good. oh my god. You know what? You know what? The Bulls would have it. They certainly would have a shot. I, I don't know. That would be good. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Coop I don't coach. know. I mean, I I
1: take uh, I'd
0: take I think I'd take the Warriors. I mean, again, this is like they shoot a lot of threes, and so it's 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 tough comparing different yeah you know eras. So that's tough.
1: Yeah. Any other <sighs> questions you got? We got here. Uh, maybe anything on Twitter? I almost feel like we should go over there and take a peek.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't have any on Twitter. But uh, do you have any opinion on Jeff Van Gundy's comments that the league is against post-ups? Oh, uh, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, I think post-ups are inefficient. They're not open. You know, they they are by design defended by someone. So I think that. If you can get open looks, you know or, or at least open looks heading toward the basket, um, or one-on-one heading toward the basket, I think that that's I think that's a better way to go. And I just think what you see is there are only so many possessions in a game, and as we've gotten more more intelligent about how to how to score and things like that, the post-up has gone away because it's just completely inefficient.
1: Um, I, I will argue with that in the sense that we need the post up because um, it will enable good three point shots. Like that's, you need the ball as a, as a place to get the ball, not necessarily to score, but to get it there. However, sure. I also say that um, footwork is, is not nearly as good as it used to be. And I feel like you know, like we talk about attacking on the catch in the perimeter, uh, you now need to do that in the post because of what you said, because of the way you can now three seconds and you can be in the way and get over there and load up. If you're not attacking right on the catch and splitting your feet and it's going right away, then then you're definitely, you know, no, two dribble, three dribble post-up moves, forget about it. They're over. Um, but I think we're just waiting for someone to come back, like maybe an Embiid, uh, to show us what a 1.2 points per possession post-up player looks like. We, we just haven't seen it in a while because we've well, got guys like Blake Griffin doing a lot of post-ups. Well,
0: you've got Kevin Durant. Who doesn't post up? Who doesn't post up? But he when he does, I mean, it's just insane. So yeah. Um, and and obviously the Warriors run a lot of that mid post stuff um, with Draymond and and more and more with Durant trying to get trying to get guys coming off of pin downs and things like that. So I, I just think you know the game has evolved and it, it's to, to sit and think about the things that are gone away. I mean, you know, the two hand set shot is also gone. Yeah. Should we bring it back? I just don't think so. No.
1: Well, uh, I think we had a great show here, and I think we covered a lot of different things. And um, a a good suggestion I I saw was that sometimes people might want us to wait until after the, uh, the, um, the press conference stuff is over. Which is probably a good idea, and I forgot to record it because I wanted to watch that stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll have to figure that out for next time. We're we're always adjusting this, though. So, but either way, uh, if you want to hear this again, if you didn't listen to it because you wanted to hear it on uh, uh, after the post game, whatever, this will be our podcast for tomorrow, bright and early for you guys as a breakdown. So, uh, don't forget to join us there, and um, you know, we'll have videos coming up all over the place in this game and much more. Uh, if you didn't see my, my video from today, you should go watch it on KD versus LeBron. It was pretty good, and. Um, I don't know. Dave, anything else we got to mention? No, I I don't think
0: so. I mean, you know, we've got another decent couple day layoff between games. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of a lot of hot takes flying in tomorrow. But just remember that my warrior sweep is not a hot take. That's that's what
1: if you leave this this podcast with nothing else, just know that it's not a hot take. Okay. well, we shall see because you never know what's going to happen. But either way. Um, oh my goodness gracious someone's calling me and I have to decline Um, okay well um, that's it sports fans thanks for joining us and don't forget at B-Ball Breakdown we're on a channel we're a conversation you in? are you in Dave?
0: yes I am